Well, good morning. My name is Jill, and I'm the Manhattan Beach Campus Pastor here at Journey of Faith. Uh, we're so glad that you're joining us this morning. Uh, this is typically the time and service where we acknowledge that we are connecting live to Torrance. Uh, we're not doing that today, and again, just thank you for coming on over this way. Uh, we know that this is the first time that some of you have been in this room, uh, and you may be realizing that I, uh, I am as short as I look on screen. So... There we go, that's it, right? Uh, So today we're going to be wrapping up our series called Right Side Up, where we have been looking more at uh, one of Jesus's most famous sermons recorded in scripture. Uh, You can find it in the book of Matthew. And now this sermon, when people heard it in Jesus's times, it would have been very countercultural to the world that they were experiencing, right? When we read it, it's even challenging because it, it doesn't quite seem like it fits with the world that we know, right? It's almost like Jesus's teachings are upside down to our experience. Uh, But the twist that we have been acknowledging is it's not Jesus's teachings that are upside down, it's us. We are living upside down and the teachings of Jesus can help flip us right side up in the way that we experience the world and encounter the world. Uh, Now today, we're going to specifically be looking at changes uh, and unknown circumstances. Now, the way that messaging works here at Journey of Faith, uh, your final draft is due on Wednesday before you teach on Sunday. Right, so when I turned in my final draft, there was a hypothetical unknown situation that we may encounter in 2024. Uh, But then Thursday happened, and the ceiling collapsed. And so today, all of us are looking straight in to a situation that is full of uncertainty and full of unknown details. And I don't know about you, but I really squirm when I'm stuck in the middle of an unknown situation. Now, I know there are people that are like, new adventure, spontaneity, woo! What are your secrets? How do you not stress whenever unknown comes up because I feel like most of us probably fall into the category of people that would prefer a good five-year plan or 10-year plan or retirement plan even, right? It feels good to know that all that you're doing is certainly working for something that is good, right? But what's happening is that the rate of change in our world is rapidly increasing, And we have access to all of the change in the world. And so we must get better at learning how to navigate when situations feel truly unknown. Now Jesus, the people that were listening to his sermons, they were also dealing with uncertainty. right? So Jesus is giving them and us not specific predictions about the future that will be comforting or some expectations that we can have, but what he is saying is focus on what doesn't change. Focus on what you can be sure of this year no matter what happens, right? And so that's our main idea for today, that we should lock ourselves onto Jesus to face the unknown, Now, when was the last time that you experienced a season where you truly felt like the future is completely unknown? When I think about it, I'm I'm brought right back to April 2020. Now, if you remember, April 2020 was two weeks after the, the time that we were sent home for two weeks to flatten the curve. 
right? We moved from flatten the curve to safer at home, right? And if you lived in LA County, that meant that you were to limit errands to what was necessary. You were to only see those in your immediate household. You were to wear a mask in public places. You could wash your groceries if that felt right. Uh, You could change your clothes in the garage, right? Stores were limiting the amount of toilet paper we were allowed to buy. Now, isn't that wild that I can describe to you a season of my life and all of you lived it too? What a crazy collective experience we all had in that season. Now, the moment that I can remember so clearly was actually April 10th. I remember to the day. And I was a few months pregnant and I was rocking my two-year-old to sleep and she had fallen asleep. So I got up my phone and I was just scrolling along. And then I saw this headline. If you can't see it, here's what it says. Los Angeles County extends safer at home order until May 15th. Now, does anybody remember seeing this headline and realizing we have to do this for one more month? Right, and the irony was we had to do it for a lot more months than one, right? But in that moment, I was like, one more month? It felt like the end of the life that I knew and I loved. And it felt like I was at the start of something that I had no idea what was going to come. I couldn't figure out where to focus on something that felt certain, right? And so whatever had held me together until that point in the pandemic, it was gone. And I just wept. I had to make the switch of focusing on what I could control and what I could predict onto trusting God each and every day as it comes. And that's the kind of switch that Jesus is hoping to help us make, to take our focus off of our expectations and the things that we need to happen because it doesn't always go our way, and instead keep an optimistic trust and hope in him no matter what comes this year. So here's what Jesus says in Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Anyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, throughout the Old Testament, these words of ask and seek and knock, they were commonly used when referring to prayer. So here in this paragraph, Jesus is describing the way we can increasingly pursue God in our connection with him. Now, sometimes our prayer lives simply become just asking for what we need and expecting to get it, and asking for what we need and expecting to get it, right? But what's interesting is earlier in this sermon, in Matthew 6, 8, Jesus says this, your father knows exactly what you need before you even ask him. So Jesus is saying prayer is not about making sure God knows what you need because he already knows. He knows what you need. And so Jesus says, ask him anyway. Jesus is showing that it's about our connection to God and our pursuit of God. And I love the way that it's spread out because it says ask, right? And then this one moves a step further in seeking. And the way we can understand this word is like craving. Crave God crave understanding, crave knowing who he is, right? And then this one, keep on knocking, implies a closed door. 
So in this one, it's not going your way. You don't like what's happening. And and Jesus is saying, knock on the door to see what's on the other side. Knock on the door to find more God and more understanding. And what I love about this is it really comes down to a posture of curiosity and discovery in God. Because I think a lot of times when we encounter unknown situations, we do not default to curiosity and discovery. We respond, uh, we need certainty, we need answers, we want to blame, we're suspicious, right? We're mad without fully understanding. We question what the truth is. And instead, this is an invitation that when we pursue God, do it with a heart of fascination and wonder and hopefulness. Instead of saying, I need to know, I demand, right? I'm assuming what you're doing, God. God is inviting us into a relationship with him. And the promise that he gives is that when we look for him, we will find him. Right? And so then Jesus goes on to do what he does throughout the Bible as a master teacher. And that he gives them a relatable example that everyone would be able to understand. And then he says, that's how God is. Right? So here's what Jesus says. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? So Jesus is saying God is like a loving father. God wants to give good things to his children. And and Jesus is saying, we know what that's like, right? We have people that we love and we delight to give them good things, right? He's saying, when you seek to find God and when you find him, it's not a trick. God's not just up there waiting to shame you or spite you or trick you, right? God in his nature is good. And I love how Jesus says, even though you can relate to God's goodness, keep in mind, you're still sinful people, right? So even that fraction of goodness that you connect to, God is gooder than that, Right? You have a heavenly father that knows your need and desires to meet your need. Right? And so Jesus is encouraging them to enter into your search for God by assuming the best in God. Assuming, not that he wants to give you everything you need, but he wants to help you find what you need in him. Now, as I was studying this passage of scripture, I really had to examine myself because lately I have fallen out of the habit of of craving God or seeking to understand God. And sure, my bedtime prayers and my mealtime prayers were still there, uh, but that's not what God is calling us to do, what Jesus is asking of us in our pursuit of God. So I was sitting there And I was just feeling a little bit of shame and embarrassment before God because I know better than this. Uh, And then my dad called. Uh, And it was the middle of the workday, so I expected that he had something he had to tell me or some news he had to share. And I answered the phone and he said, "Um, hey, I've just been missing you. I wanted to hear your voice, so I decided to call you. And it was so nice. And it was this moment of realizing I don't have to have shame and embarrassment because as good as my 
dad is, I have a heavenly father who's even greater than that. So in place of that shame was forgiveness. And in place of that shame was a love that I could look to see the goodness of God when I intentionally seek him. Because we have a God that wants to give us good things. Here's the first reason why we should lock on to Jesus. Jesus will give us good gifts instead of the stones and snakes of 2024. Now, does this mean we're going to get everything we want this year? And that nothing will go bad or nothing will be unexpected? It doesn't, right? We know that already, and it's only February 4th. Um, Because sometimes we can take our understanding of good and our expectation of good, and we put that onto God. And what happens is it limits our pursuit of him. And then our faith becomes something that's, that's based in transactional spirituality. And this is the idea that if I say it right, and if I'm a good enough girl, and if I ask enough, and I stay persistent, God is just going to give me what I wish for. Right now, I think that my children believe this about me in the way they ask for treats and television all the time. Right? It is relentless how much they want those two very specific things. And if I said yes every single time they asked, it wouldn't be good for them. Right? So just as I, as a parent who loves my children, am not going to give them things that are not good for them, God is not going to give us things that are not good for us. And that's based on his understanding and based on his will and based on his plan. And so what we are to do is just continually pursue God and believe the best in him. That's what Jesus wants for us. He wants us to know we have a a loving heavenly father who's ready to provide for our needs, right? God does care for you. God does want to give you good things. But if you're in a season where you have unanswered prayer, Right, where you're beginning to wonder, is this no bad? Is it bad for me? Uh, Why isn't God hearing me? Right, the the choice to stay faithful in the way you pursue God is a tremendous demonstration of faith. Right, to trust when you don't understand or to argue with God when you don't agree or continue to pursue him when it feels hard to find him, that shows that you do believe. And there's a lot of scripture out there, or there's a lot of resources out there that can help you if you find yourself in that very difficult time. And we're going to recommend those to you this week, uh, because in this passage right here, Jesus doesn't go into all of the specifics about how God answers prayer requests. Right? He doesn't go into why bad and good things happen. All he's doing is encouraging them to pursue God and expect goodness from him. Right? If we continue to ask and seek and knock to find the presence of God and his goodness in every situation, we will find it. Right? So here's our action step for this whole year. Make looking for God a habit in 2024. And here's why this one can make a difference. Have any of you heard of the red car theory? Right, Pastor Jason told me about it recently, and it's that idea that if I asked any one of you, how many red cars did you see on the way to church today? You would not know. You'd say, oh, one or two, maybe. I imagine or can assume there were some. Right, but if I said to you before you left, 
hey, will you pay attention and look for the red cars today and tell me how many you see? When you get here, you would know. It would be quite a lot, right? Now, were there more red cars in those two separate scenarios? There weren't, right? But the difference is what you were looking for. So if we look for God and we look for his goodness, we will find him. I don't think it's a coincidence that this was on our minds on Wednesday before the ceiling collapsed on Thursday, right? Because when it collapsed, we were able to step back and say, okay, God, we're looking for you. We know you have a plan for this. We trust that you're going to lead us and guide us in this. So what's going on in your life? What's a situation that you need to step back and you need to say, God, where are you? Not even praying for full understanding or praying for different circumstances, but just praying to find God in the situation. Let's make focusing on his presence and his goodness what we do in 2024 instead of focusing on the snakes and the rocks that will come. Because that will help us have a strong foundation in God, which is actually the second reason that we need to lock onto Jesus Jesus will be a rock-solid foundation for when we encounter change. Uh, Now, in this next section of scripture, uh, Jesus paints a metaphor. And the metaphor that he uses for big, crazy changes in our lives is a storm, right? So I also don't think it's a coincidence that we're learning a metaphor about a storm when an atmospheric river is headed our way. Whatever that means, you should prepare for it, right? And so we're learning how to handle storms in our life while we're preparing for a real storm. So let's pay attention to what God clearly wants us to know today in his words. Here's what he says. Anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents, torrents, right? Though the rain comes in torrents and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teachings and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand, when the rain and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So Jesus is saying when big, hard change come, there's two outcomes. You collapse or you don't collapse, right? And the difference is your foundation. The difference is what you build your life on, right? In construction projects, the foundation is the first thing that gets laid. And it has to be done right and it has to be built to last. Because if your foundation is faulty, it compromises the integrity of the whole structure, Right? Or if you've ever started a um, remodeling project, if you look at the foundation and something is wrong with the foundation, you stop fixing up the outside of the house because you have to address the foundation or it could all come crashing down. And I think for some of us, instead of really looking at that foundation, we do just focus on making sure the outside of the house looks pretty. Right? Can you think of anything in your life where you on the outside seem like you're holding it together. You might even be impressive to others, right? But uh, whether it be your mental health or your relationship or your finances, you know that on the inside you're getting swept away. 
And so we've got to switch our focus from the perception that people can see on the outside to what's really going on in the inside, right? Because storms will come. So Jesus is saying, oh, back up. Jesus, oh, no, no. Jesus is saying that to build a strong foundation, you hear what he says, you know him personally, and you take what he teaches us and you put it into practice. You let it change your life. You let it flip you right side up. And the opposite, the foolish response to what Jesus says is to let it go in one ear and out the other because that doesn't prepare you for what's to come. Because when Jesus says it in this verse, he says, when the rain comes. It doesn't say if the rain comes or should the rain comes, it will. Storms will be a part of 2024. Just a couple of weeks ago, a windstorm knocked out the power at my house for about 12 hours. And we realized we are drastically unprepared for a real disaster. So my husband and I were talking and he was like, maybe we should get some of those food kits that have like a lot of weeks of food. And I was like, just get them. Don't talk about it anymore. Get on, buy those food kits because soon the power will come back on and we will forget that we need them. And we won't remember until the next storm when we are again drastically underprepared to handle it. And sometimes our faith is like that. We encounter things where we need to be more prepared so that we can handle it. God is a good God who doesn't want us to unnecessarily struggle in this life. So Jesus is saying, build your foundation and do it before the storm comes. Now, here's a couple of ways you can start working on that foundation. Here's the first. Think about changes coming up this year. Right, sometimes change really does come out of nowhere and we don't see it coming. Uh, But a lot of times change comes because we were flat out ignoring it, right? And if we were wise, we would take a look at our year ahead and we would say, where are there changes? Where are the potential for things to begin to feel like a storm? You know, maybe you have a student that's graduating and you're gonna be an empty nester. What will that do for your purpose when you've been parenting all this time? Or maybe your job's going to change. You don't know. There's company layoffs or you might have to move or or you're going to have to figure out what does my identity look like if I don't have this job, right? Or maybe, maybe in your marriage, things are so tense all the time and you only bicker at one another and you've stopped assuming the best in one another. And instead of just acknowledging that there's this future change that could come, you got to think about it and address it now right? Invite God into that process. He can handle the ugly emotions. He can handle the fear and the shame, right? Invite God in to processing what's to come so that you can face it bravely. And here's another one. Know your warning signs. Now, built into all of us, there are responses that we just have that can let us know that there are cracks in our foundation, Right? This could look like uh, sleeplessness. Right? It could look like overindulging on things that are not actually good for you. Or this could look like a temper that is just simmering under the surface all of the time, ready to just pounce in rage. Right? All of those things should tip you off that your foundation is not okay. You know, I'm from Oklahoma, and since we're talking about storms, I think about the tornado sirens. 
Have you ever heard a tornado siren? Uh, basically, throughout all of Oklahoma, they've built these sirens that you can hear no matter where you are. And when those sirens go off, it is telling you there's a tornado nearby and you need to shelter so that you don't get swept away in the tornado. So we have things that are like a siren in our life, right, that should tip us into moving towards God and and reinforcing our foundation through this next step which is explore God's wisdom in the Bible. Now, we cannot expect to respond with godly wisdom and perspective if we do not know what godly wisdom and perspective is. Right, God, Jesus has said, connection to me and the words in my Bible and my my words to you are a foundation to your life. So how can you take the changes that are coming and go into the Bible and see what God has to say about those? Now, there's a resource that probably a lot of you have, but um, there is an app on your phone called the Bible app. And inside of that, they have developed reading plans so that if you want to know more about anxiety or fear or temptation or guilt, right, or friendship or sexuality, right, any of those things that might be your warning signs or the changes that are coming up, there is plans that are in here that will guide you straight to the scripture that can help you learn how God would have you best respond to that change, how God would have you bravely and confidently handle what's going on in partnership with him. And here's the last one. Bring others in. You can handle it in partnership with others. Oftentimes when we encounter change, uh, we are tempted to isolate from one another. Uh, because of shame or guilt or whatever reason we isolate from one another, sometimes we isolate from God, right? But instead, bring others into that as you seek scripture. And it can be really confusing sometimes. Have people around you that you can talk about the scripture with, that you can gain their understanding and talk about how do we apply this to our lives right here today. Here's one way that you can begin to um, solidify your foundation in the face of change, in the face of change. Uh, With Jesus, think about one significant change coming up and reread the Sermon on the Mount to see which of Jesus's teachings can help you face that change. Now, if you are in a place where the sky is really clear in your life, right, where there's no changes on the horizon, you can praise God for that. And you can also use that as a time to reinforce your foundation when there's no um, threat of a storm. But if you are experiencing something, just taking a moment to say, God, help me find you. God, guide me in what I should do as I navigate this change. Now, for some of us, this is one change that might be in our life, but there also might be others of us in the room that need to make the most important decision you ever will in your life. And that's putting your trust in Jesus, right? This whole series and this whole message, we have been talking about building your life on Jesus, having your foundation in him. And some of you still need to make that decision. So in just a few minutes, I'm going to put a prayer on the screen. Uh, And it's going to acknowledge our need for Jesus in our life. It's going to accept forgiveness for the sins that we have in our life. It's, It's declaring that we need Jesus to lead us and guide us and be our foundation. And if that's a decision you've never made before, I want to invite you to just pray this inside along with me right now.
Dear God, thank you for loving me so much and sending Jesus to die to take away my sins. I want to build my life on you. Please forgive my sins and help me to start living my life with you as the foundation. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've prayed this for the first time today, would you please tell us? Tell someone after service, or you can even mark on that Connect card that you've chosen to put your faith in Jesus for the first time. Because it's amazing that Jesus promises us an eternity in heaven with him where there are no storms. But until then, he promises to be with us in the storm. He promises us to be a foundation and to give us a right side up kind of perspective that can bring resolve and hope and trust and optimism that God is good and he wants to do good things here in this world. So here's what we've talked about today. We should lock ourselves unto Jesus to face the unknown. Jesus will give us good gifts instead of the stones and snakes of 2024, and Jesus will be a rock-solid foundation for when we encounter change. Uh, Now, I'm going to pray, and while I do, our worship band is going to come out, and we have one more opportunity to sing a song that's just about putting God at the center of our life and making him our strong foundation. So uh, before we sing together, let's pray. Dear God, you are so good. And even when it doesn't feel like it, or even when we're in storms, God, we know that you are still good. And so I pray that whatever we encounter this year, whatever we have to step into, however unknown it feels, God, I pray that we sense your presence with us. God, there will be lessons all throughout the storm, and I pray that we just grasp so strongly to your goodness, to hope in you, to trust in you, that you are working things out. God, I pray that storms wouldn't send us further from you, but they would help us to draw closer to you and to rely on you as our firm foundation, knowing that you will see us through whatever comes our way. In your name I pray, amen.